Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today we celebrate the feast day of St. Joseph the Worker. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to to Almighty God God, and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, creator of all things, who laid down for the human race the law of work, graciously grant that by the example of St. Joseph and under his patronage, we may complete the works you set us to do and attain the rewards you promise. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the Book of Acts. Saul was still breathing threats to slaughter the Lord's disciples. He had gone to the high priest and asked for letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus that would authorise him to arrest and take to Jerusalem any followers of the way, men or women, that he could find. Suddenly, while he was travelling to Damascus, and just before he reached the city, there came a light from heaven all round him. He fell to the ground, and then he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? he asked, and the voice answered, I am Jesus, and you are persecuting me. Get up now and go into the city, and you will be told what you have to do. The men travelling with Saul stood there speechless, for though they heard the voice, they could see no one. Saul got up from the ground, but even with his eyes wide open, he could see nothing at all, and they had to lead him into Damascus by the hand. For three days he was without his sight, and took neither food nor drink. A disciple called Ananias, who lived in Damascus, had a vision in which he heard the Lord say to him, Ananias, when he replied, Here I am, Lord, the Lord said, You must go to Straight Street and ask the house of Judas for someone called Saul, who comes from Tarsus. At this moment he is praying, having had a vision of a man called Ananias, coming in and laying hands on him to give him back his sight. When he heard that, Ananias said, Lord, several people have told me about this man and all the harm he has been doing to your saints in Jerusalem. He has only come here because he holds a warrant from the chief priests to arrest everybody who invokes your name. 
The Lord replied, You must go all the same, because this man is my chosen instrument to bring my name before pagans and pagan kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he himself must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went. He entered the house and at once laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, I have been sent by the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here, so that you may recover your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately it was as though scales fell away from Saul's eyes and he could see again. So he was baptized there and then, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. He began preaching in the synagogues, Jesus is the Son of God. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. O praise the Lord, all you nations, acclaim him, all you peoples. Go Go out out to all the world and tell the good news. Strong is his love for us, he is faithful forever. Go Go out out to all the world and and tell the good news. Alleluia, alleluia. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and I live in him, says the Lord. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. The Jews started arguing with one another. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they said. Jesus replied, I tell you most solemnly, if you do not eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have life in you. Anyone who does eat my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life and I shall raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me, and I live in him. As I who am sent by the living Father myself draw life from the Father, so whoever eats me will draw life from me. This is the bread come down from heaven. Not like the bread our ancestors ate, they are dead. But anyone who eats this bread will live forever. He taught this doctrine at Capernaum in the synagogue. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So this discourse on the bread of life now comes to its crescendo, its high point. And John tells us that the Jews started arguing with one another. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Now, if you were listening yesterday you will have heard that the Jews here stand not as a category of religious or of ethnic people, but instead John uses that word as a way to denote those who stand in opposition to Jesus. And so they start murmuring. They start whispering to one another, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And this murmuring, this arguing that they do amongst themselves It sounds like what Israel did in the desert during the Exodus, when they complained against Moses, when they were complaining about the very act of salvation that God was bringing about as he was leading them into the promised land. And so you see a kind of recapitulation here of what's going on in Exodus. 
These people whom God is saving are complaining against the very saving work that God is accomplishing. And here Jesus picks up again and gives us a very neat summary of everything that he's been arguing towards up until this point. But I think in order to get a good picture of the argument as Jesus presents it, we need to start in the middle. Jesus says, As I who am sent by the living Father myself draw life from the Father, so whoever eats me will draw life from me. Now, I think this becomes the key starting point to really appreciate who it is that Jesus is and what it is that he's accomplishing. I am sent by the living Father and draw life from the Father. In other words, I am the Son and I have been sent by the Father because I have the kind of life that the Father has. And the kind of life that the Father has, of course, is Divine life, the life of God. And now, says Jesus, whoever eats me will draw life from me. In other words, that by this very act of taking and receiving Jesus' own life, we receive divine life. We receive the life of the Father. And the life of the Father is eternal life. And so Jesus says, I tell you most solemnly, if you do not eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have life in you. If you don't turn to the one who is the source, how can you receive what he gives? But anyone who does eat my flesh and drink my blood has, has what? Has eternal life. And I shall raise him up on the last day. Now, this idea about receiving Jesus, this is something that through the discourse on the bread of life has been described as being both eating the flesh and drinking the blood of the Son of Man and also described as receiving Jesus by believing in him. And so there's a kind of double action happening here that we receive Jesus into our minds and our hearts by faith. We receive Jesus into our bodies by eating his flesh and drinking his blood. That There is an entire taking up of our lives into the life of Christ, that he gives us everything. And so receiving Jesus becomes something of a full picture. We receive him not only in the physicality of receiving Holy Communion, we receive Jesus into our minds and into our hearts because we receive him in faith. We believe him. We trust him. We love him. And so, the Lord says this, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me, and I live in him. It becomes a beautiful image that encompasses our whole life to abide in the Lord Jesus and for him to abide in us. Later on, the Lord will give the invitation, make your home in me as I make mine in you. This is taken up in the word itself, communion. To have a true sharing of of life. Jesus here speaks about his flesh and his blood. 
And hiding in the background of this reference is the reality that his flesh will be torn and his blood will be spilt. His flesh and his blood will be separated one from the other as he goes into death. That Jesus will give his life for us. But more than that, in giving his flesh and his blood, he not only gives his life for us, he now gives his life to us. And here is made the invitation to receive. It stings a little to have this great catechesis on the Eucharist while we can't receive Holy Communion or go to Mass. But the Lord still makes this invitation that we open up our lives and our hearts in faith and receive him. And in this time of Eucharistic absence, that we allow our bodies to grow hungry for the bread of life, because his flesh is our real food and his blood our real drink. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ in our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen.
we seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God our Father.